0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National
1: Football League trenches. Yeah. Well, two guys.
2: And Mackie, who didn't do
1: shit.
0: He just just sits there and looks pretty.
2: This is the O-Line Committee.
1: It's actually Jeremiah that's sitting here looking pretty today with his uh, right. top button button. I got his... a tea
2: time at 2 two thirty, guys. Yes. Are those even
1: real glasses? Or are those just are like you even fashion working glasses? anymore
2: these days? Who you asking? Wait, guy gets a second round
1: pick, and you know, and all of a sudden he's joining the country club. I know, stuff. right? It's when it's do ridiculous. I get to go to the
2: country club? Why do I always get sheltered at home? Don't I have four kids. To... Don't have four kids. I don't know what to tell you. Promise I have three. me this would. Be I, stopped fun. I stopped at three. I stopped at three. I know, I it's going. the I fourth one stop. that really
1: ruins your social life. Dude, actually. The fourth so I've been one told. is
2: the worst of the family <laughs> too. I mean, this one's got an attitude; like he thinks he is the man. I like pick I mean, him up by his ears the other day at hockey. I was like, "Dude, no!"
1: You're out of the family uh, if you do that one more time.
2: Uh, I told him you can walk home, and I was dead serious. The parents around me were like. I can I can double this because I
3: babysat this child before, and we were reading a book, and all of a sudden he just punched me in the eye, and he's like, "Let's "Let's wrestle." I was like, "Wow, okay, (laughs) sure, time to wrestle." What what are
1: we? By the way, what are we coaching these days? What are we? uh, So Uh, Alex, are you you ready? Yeah,
2: ready. Eleven U baseball, eight U softball, six U softball, and I'm not coaching anything of Bears right now, but I'll probably have to coach them in flag football this spring. But he's doing hockey too. But dude, okay. it is so fun. Are Especially they this, so
1: for like 11U softball baseball? No, it's
2: 11U baseball. That's Dana's the head coach. I'm one of the assistant coaches. Are they
1: pitching to each other yeah. or the? Okay. Oh, oh my yeah. god, that's we terrifying. got dude, We got a
2: pitcher, Gavin. This <sighs> Kid throws heat, bro. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Like these kids are good. This last tournament we played in, they didn't hit the ball. I don't know why they're not hitting the ball. Hit the ball, y'all. <laughs> Hit the ball. You get Great in coaching.
3: there. Oh, you should see him. You should Great see coaching him sitting in the dugout. No,
2: no, because a lot of it is, I think, and this is just to be truth, like you watch these kids at 11 You they're scared of the ball, and you're like, dude, stop being afraid of the ball. You're going to either get hit one day or you're not, but at the end of the day, you've got to use that $500 bat that your mom and dad bought you and <laughs> you swing can, you it. Can. Okay? Put a dent in it, for God's sake. Do Go something on. with it, okay, bud? But you can't just hold it on your shoulders and expect to get the first somehow. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny? Like when you're, You guys played youth baseball, right? When you were 10 or 11? or No. no you, were, nope. you, guys,
3: you guys were straight basketball. football from the womb. Okay. Football basketball, okay. basketball shot, but. Okay. Was it? That so, was my whole life too, dude. That was yours? Absolutely. So, was, that, they tried to get me to track, wrestle yep. once. They were like, hey, you should wrestle. And I was like... I'll try, and they were like, "Oh, how much you weigh?" I was like, "I'm like 275." Like, "Oh, we'll cut you down to 250." I was like, "What? That's not how this is gonna work." That's I was like, "I'm gonna anyway, go play basketball. You're
1: gonna wear a trash bag and run cardio for and dude. eat and eat popcorn and kale for a month and while you wear get down this, to 250." Wear
3: this leotard and wrestle around <laughs> on the ground with another and guy. You Hard guys fast.
2: laugh about that, but my high school, we were the number one in the country, and those dudes were wicked good wrestlers. My Self-suck. cousins were there, dude. I'm telling you, damn right. Sam, is it I'm worth away, having baby.
1: cauliflower ear for the rest of your life?
2: No.
3: I don't know. People ask me if it's worth having this finger the rest of my oh, life. I was gonna say I have oh, cauliflower wow. ear from my football helmet. Yeah, people ask if it's worth having a finger that points the wrong way. So how about a leg yeah. that goes
2: sideways? Was it worth it? It sure was. <laughs> Wait, uh, hold your
1: hand hold your hand up again, Jeremiah the
2: spot. I just finger, thought you I thought you were best. a huge
1: Star Trek fan. I didn't oh, I didn't yeah.
2: realize that okay. oh, oh, yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate when he does that. I hate when he does Oh, my God. 2016. 2016. We
1: we will get to five Uh. dumb football (laughs) questions here. A new staple on uh, the O-line committee. The only show in America. Don't ever do that again.
2: (laughs) Don't ever do that again. I hate when you do that.
1: So, hold on a second. When did that happen?
2: Yeah,
3: 2016. We were playing the Lions, and (laughs) I dislocated my finger, which I've done 100 times, right? And I pulled it back in, and then I just felt it slowly slide back out. And I was like, mm, "That's not right." So I taped it up, finished the game, and I was like, "Hey, I think something's wrong with my finger." And we went and got it x-rayed, and, and they at and they were like, "Well, it actually retracted down into your hand, so like the tendon." So they're like, "We can break it and pin it and put it back in place, but you're going to be out for about eight weeks." And I was starting at this point, and I was like, "Nah, we're good. We'll just tape it up and figure it out." I have nine of them, and it just—I've never gotten it fixed.
1: So it's the bone is
3: in your is down the tendon, the tendon, the tendon. That tendon. Keeps, so the tendon that keeps everything together stop like, is gone. <laughs> Jeez. And so it just kind of <laughs> slides around in there now. That's Dude fine. I, I don't and know. Worst part, you, Alex, hold that. your knee part. up,
1: hold your knee up to the screen and oh, one yeah. up and
3: <laughs> hold on. Worst yeah, part, yeah. we're at a hospital visit. Hospital visit in twenty seventeen. We do the children's hospital for like Christmas every year, right? We're in like the terminal cancer ward. It's sad. Like and I go up to this kid and I'm like, Hey man, I'm Jeremiah, I go out to shake my hand. He goes, Ugh, don't touch me with that <laughs> hand And I was like, <laughs> Okay, I'm sure. Why not? And he was like, Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, I'm you just scared a cancer scared patient scared a cancer patient with my
2: finger. <laughs> dude. Amazing. Dude. Alan Page scared me with his finger. Oh dude. Alan Page's bathroom that, thing that is... just dangles. You have to know though, dude, you don't you don't warn anybody and then they go to shake your hand or they see it and they're like, dude, what the and you're like, oh yeah, sorry, but like you should have to hide it sometimes. Like you, you it's it's a lot of I'm I'm slightly self conscious in pictures.
3: So you see a lot of pictures, my hand in my pocket, or like yeah, a hand right. on someone's back. Dude, it's super obvious when it's on someone's like no you're like this. <laughs> you're like <laughs> putting, so putting a hand off. on his shoulder and you're taking a picture and you're like hey man like it's just so blatantly dude, obvious yeah it looks bad. like a yeah, you
1: you need to lean into this man like you should be featuring it awkwardly in every photo I <laughs> I giving think you giving should the too. bunny ears with like sideways fingers live long and prosper <laughs> live long and prosper
2: it's all good it just sticks up all the time uh, <laughs> dude god.
1: oh my god it's all right worth, it's so, worth uh, it. it new worth feature here a... New feature here on a new show, the O-Line Committee. If you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review, if you're finding this on Apple Podcasts, which uh, it will be by the time you listen to this, hopefully. And also uh, click the like button and the subscribe button on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel so we can spread the word too. But we'll take, if you guys have dumb football questions, don't be shy. That's the whole point of this show is so uh, an idiot fan like myself can ask dumb football questions to two former NFL offensive linemen. We will stockpile your dumb football questions and ask them on this show. And so, I have a few for you here. A couple of these are just my own curiosity, and then a couple are from uh, from listeners here. Let's start with this one: What makes a great? We talk about like quarterback leadership, and and you need to have that quarterbackian presence when you walk into a room. What makes a great leader at quarterback? What do you guys need as offensive linemen from your quarterbacks in the room, in the huddle, at practice, etc.?
3: You know, there's a couple things that go into this for me. The the first thing is communication. You know, a quarterback has to be a great communicator, not just with play calls and not just with getting things out, but just of what he expects from you, right? Like, for example, I felt like I had one of the greatest quarterback leaders when I got into the league in Phillip Rivers. Dude had done it for a long time, right? And he knew what he demanded out of everyone on his offense to the point where third down meetings on Wednesday afternoons, he would kick the coaches – out of the meeting and run it himself and then it was our job to go back and tell our position coaches how we were going to block that stuff this week right like just the communicator on that aspect and then the second biggest thing is just commanding presence on the field right when things are going well you got to make sure you're even keel. And when things are going poorly, like you got to stay even keel, but you have to be willing to come on the sideline and fix it, right? You can't just go into your corner and meet with your quarterback's coach on the sideline and expect everything to get fixed. Like you need to go position by position up and down the, up and down the bench and explain what's going on, what he's seeing, what he wants to get to, and all those things. And, you know, those two things for me really showed what a true leader was. And then, honestly, you got to be out there and just take care of the football. You know, you can't be a leader as a quarterback if you turn the ball over. It's just, you can't do it. Like you're just, you're hurting the team. You're hurting yourself and all of it. And ultimately you're going to lose your job. For
2: sure. I think <clears throat> a lot of what Jeremiah said, communication, obviously transparency. But I think when I think back to one of the, like the best leaders, and I'm going to say a name that probably can surprise a lot of people, Carson Palmer. And I think a lot of it was because he was so open to everybody all the time. Like at times people would come to him and be like, Hey man, this is just, it's not going to work. Like it's just the way we need to do this. And he'd be like, all right, cool. What do you want to do? And it was like, he was so open to like, hey, let's do this. Instead of like, there were guys that I played with, and I'm not going to name names that were just like, nah, that's how it is, man. Deal with it. Like, you're <laughs> like, Aaron. I don't know if we could physically do this, though. Like, I know impossible is not a word we're allowed to say around here, but this seems pretty impossible. It was like, figure it out. Well, fuck, you can't just figure this out, man. Like, <laughs> it's my body. I don't know how to contort my body in this manner. But, like... Guys like Carson were so open to, like, whatever was good for everybody was good for us. Or if I needed to do something differently, if I needed to take myself out of my comfort zone to make you guys comfortable, let's do it. And I loved guys like that. Like, you would come to them at times in the game. Like, you would go in pregame and say, hey, we're hoping this will work. Halftime, it's not working. Hey, we have to do the thing that you don't want to do. All right, cool. Let's do it. If it's gonna get the play or the ball down the field, we gotta do what we gotta do. And if it exposes me or puts me in a situation that I don't like, but it makes us win, it doesn't matter. And those are the guys you can tell right away. I, and I say this sometimes to people, but remember when Cam Newton didn't jump on the ball? Yeah, you showed us a in the Super Bowl. You're showing us a lot quickly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the guys too that say one thing and then go out and do something differently that you're like, it's not matching up to what you're saying behind the doors, dude. Like you said you'd be here for us, but. You're not really being here for us at times. You know what I'm saying? You're not making that throw. You're not making the right decisions. You're still coming, guys on, coming down on guys for no reason. That's another thing. Some guys are very spastic, and they get super out of control, super fast, or they have a hot button with guys, and you're like, dude, calm down. It's the first quarter. <laughs> and then the, And then
3: the biggest thing, too, and I say biggest, but you know, not every quarterback's the same, but you have to give the presence that you're the hardest working guy in the film room on the team. Like, and you may not be like, there's guys that might grind more tape, but like it needs to be when you pull your car into the parking lot, the quarterback's car is already there. Yeah. When you're leaving the, when you're leaving the facility, that quarterback's car is still parked in the same spot that you pulled in this morning and saw that when you're going into a meeting room, he's already in there. Right? right. He's front and center. He's got his notebook out. Like you have to give the presence that no one will be more prepared than you because then that makes everyone else behind you even more prepared. You know, if I, you, I, I
1: I heard a great story about Peyton Manning in this regard one time. So uh, Adam Weber was—he spent some time for a couple years a Minnesota Gophers quarterback, spent some time as a backup quarterback in Denver, and he said he wasn't even sure Peyton Manning was always watching film on his iPad, but it was always like a thing. If you show you show up at 5:45 in the morning to try and you know jumpstart the day, and Peyton's just like eating cereal at the lunch table or whatever, you know, like with his iPad up, hey, and he's got some All 22 film, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. going crazy. Oh, Where me. you been? <laughs> Where are you, yep. man? Phil Rivers used to be when I got – so I was on practice squad. I got activated the last six weeks with um, San Diego, and he was like, oh, hey, hey there, Stud. You're on active now, like 5 a.m. We do, we do blitz pickup here with the centers and quarterbacks. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. So I show up at like 4.45 thinking, okay, I'll get there early, ready to go. I walk in there. Phil has already had a lift and a steam and is sitting in the room just waiting for us.
1: 5 a.m. At 5 a.m. He
3: was there probably – I, I bet you he was there at 4 like, he got a quick lift, got a steam in, and he was ready to rock at, 4, at 5 a.m., right? Like, And those were just the kind of things they were like, man, I, I want to protect this guy. Like, yep. I know what he's going to do for us. Like, I got to make sure I put in my work off the field so that I can protect him on the field.
2: Yeah. And, I, and he's right, because I used to love when the when the OC would be, like, throwing up the plays for the week. I love when the quarterback would go after some of the plays and be like, hey, listen, I want to run this when they hit us with this front. Or I know I was already watching film, and on second and ten, or plus, they like to jump into this. I'm going to love this play then, so let's remember this. You're like, dude, this – It's only Tuesday. How the hell has he watched so much goddamn film? You were with me all Monday. Like, literally, yesterday we were at the beach all day. When did you watch film without me? Like They're like, dude, I just go home and grind. Go home and get it done. I came in early, got it in. Me and the coach have been watching. Like, it makes you excited for the week because you're like, everybody's invested. Instead of when it's like Wednesday and you go up there and everyone's like, all right, this is this play. All right, this is this play. You're like, man, I'm... we're just throwing things at the wall again, aren't we? All right, here we go. Let's just try yeah. random things again, Dad. This is not going to work. Yeah, it's like, like
1: you want to make sure you're pilot. It's, it's like a pilot, right? Mm-hmm. I just need a little bit of, not a lot of, communi- no, don't over communicate with me. I'm trying to watch the movie, uh, you know, right. in the back seat. but just communicate. I know that you're paying attention,
2: right? Some turbulence coming up. we got about yeah. two
1: hours until we land. Uh, you're going to get some water here in a second. Just, yeah, be in charge, right? If
2: I need you, I'll ring you. sound off right like that's it and then you see him at next time practice and all of a sudden you're just like hey just avoid him he's probably thinking about a lot and then all of a sudden he comes over and the best is when they come over to you at the water cooler and they just start shooting the breeze with you and then they start asking you football questions and it gets super intense like a random conversation just went into well you know what i don't like when we kill it on two jet okay i'm just being honest all right it doesn't make me feel good and you're like what the hell are we talking about this is this is just this yeah. is insanity. The, we the can't even have a conversation. The great ones can't turn it off. Never.
3: It, it, it just, it never turns off for them. They're constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to get an edge, and that's what makes those guys great. Oh. And fun.
1: Okay, dumb football question number two here today from Adam Turner in the O-Line Committee YouTube comment section. What's it like to go through a coaching change as a player?
3: Mm. Alex, you go ahead. I only have one of these, so you go ahead. And then, like, and
1: then you do. You, do you, I guess I'll even go further on this question. Do you anticipate it? Can you sense it? And then, once it happens, what's it like? Then there's a new system, probably. I mean, there's all sorts of steps in this process.
2: It's tough. It's difficult. I've went through a few of them, obviously with Singletary, when he left. Um, it, we brought Thomas Sule in, and it was. I think a lot of that was. It was so militant with Singletary, that when he left, everybody was like, we just need a breath, like we need a break. And so Jimmy was just kind of the fun guy that came in and was like, hey, we got one more game left. Let's just play ball. Let's have some fun. Let's go out and kick someone's ass, and let's not go home on a sour note, right? And so that was kind of different, but then obviously after that, we brought Harbaugh in, and that was just culturally different for everybody. It's kind of like, you know, no one knew what to expect. He was coming from college. Here was this guy that had played 20 years, and, you know, you had heard stories that he was kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden, I remember I was at my, my uh, grandma's house and he called me for the first time and he was like, Boone, hey, what's going on? It's Jim Harbaugh. How you doing, bud? And I was like, <laughs> Holy shit, that coach called I'm like, hey, What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? He's like, I'll just tell you something, man. Excited to be here, excited, ready to roll. And I was like, Dude, this guy is different. Wow, I kind of like this, right? And then you get there and the whole atmosphere is different, the culture is different. And he was quick to be like, Listen, if you don't buy into what I'm selling, you're out. And, I'm, and I, this was kind of my first taste of it. And the guys were like, Dude, you gotta watch your back, this isn't your guy, he didn't draft you, this is all different, like he could want you out of here. So I was kinda like, oh my God, what's this is like my second year, I don't even know what's going on anymore. And instantly, we saw that he was gonna be this fun guy, like he was like, dude, I'm gonna give you guys your freedom back, we don't have to start until eight o'clock, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna be easy on you guys, and everything sounded cush. And then, as he slowly started turning over the culture, it ended up like everything was a competition, so it was a kinda like, oh well, I feel like defense kind of won the day today. And so as an offensive player, you're like, tomorrow I'm going to kick the shit out of defense. I'm just going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to go rage on I mean, it. He loved that stuff. So he was building this culture. And then when he left, it like went to this different culture again where it was like maybe that was a little too regimented. Maybe we need to be a little more lax. And it was kind of like – or maybe it was just some pieces weren't fitting and we were trying to jam some of the pieces in there. And we were like, it's not working so well. And, you know, this goes. But then you talk about like around the league – Most of the time, when the coaches go, dude, it's different. I feel like a lot of people, like, wherever it is, and this is kind of hard to explain, and Jeremiah, maybe you can help me, but I feel like whatever culture you come from, whether it's a defensive-minded coach that's just super tough on you or an offensive-minded coach that's so much more lax, the next coach is always the exact opposite. Yes. And that's what's sometimes hard for me is because it's like – It wasn't the fact that this guy was breaking us down that we were losing. It was just the fact that sometimes some of the guys weren't buying all in. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's so hard for me when a new coach comes in, because it's like, oh, you know it's going to be the exact opposite next year. Like, Guys were saying they were having fun in the media. Now it's going to be like, they took all our padded chairs away. They took all the TVs (laughs) out of the locker room. There's no more ping pong. And it's like... Oh, yeah, I forgot I was a human. You're right. I'll go back to being a robot again. I'll be the robot for the rest of my life. Like Sometimes like that's how I would fight people like the coaches. You're like, you're right. You know what? I'm an idiot. I'll be a robot. Sorry. Can't talk anymore. It's my bad. And it's like, that's not how it should be. And I feel like that's what everyone thinks. Like, they were having way too much fun in there. We need to take away everything. Xbox, never again. PlayStation, not going to happen. These guys don't deserve fun. And it's like, that. Ah. Now you're just going to go 10 years way late. Like, you're just going to take forever to come back. That's why you see the, the,
3: the guys that have the most success with coaching changes don't come in and try and wipe the slate clean. You know, I think there's, there is something to being said, like Boone said, about a new coach that comes in and is like, this is my culture, right? But understanding that culture isn't built overnight. Like, you have pieces, you have personalities, and you have guys that are established in that room and in that organization that you want to come in and ping them and understand them like hey how does this place run what what like i think that you see the younger heavy head coaches having a lot of success with that right the sirianos over in and the eagles what mcveigh had done what zach taylor's done like the younger coaches that come in and don't just say hey my way or the highway but they gather information and they gather of like hey what did you like about the last staff? What can we do better? Right? Not, not putting the bad staff down, but like, what can we do better? That's where you see you guys starting to thrive and have fun. And I also think that the culture has changed to where the millennials and the guys that are in the league right now are very much, uh, we're the why generation. Why are we doing this? Why oh, yeah. are you asking me to do this? Why do I, like, and I, a lot of old school coaches, there is, there was no why. It's like Alex said, like, you were a robot, right? You were, you do what I tell you or I'll find someone else that will. But, like, adapting with the player has become extremely important and understand, hey, we're doing this because it will lead to this. And then players buy in. You know, and so I think I saw a lot of that with Coach McDermott up in Buffalo. Like, he was very much like, hey, I open-door policy. If you have any questions as to why I'm doing something or why I'm implementing something, I'm very open to having a conversation with you as long as you respect that at the end of the day, my word is what goes. And right. I think that, for me, was, like, really the first head coach I had had that was like that. And it went a long way. Like, okay, I know I can come ask you questions. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, you have HB head ball coach on your hat. So, like, we know what ends with you. And that was something that I loved about Sean McDermott in Buffalo because it was just very different than where I would come from with Minnesota and Mike Zimmer.
2: Yeah. And to be honest, I think their coaches are doing such a better job of that now because what like Jeremiah said, when we played, it was the shut up and go. And now it's they having to explain why they are doing what they're doing. But they have to. And they are. And they're like when you talk to them now, they're like, dude, it's just the world we live in. You guys didn't ask as many questions. These guys do. So we have to answer more questions. They're like which in turn I feel like keeps them more accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like before there was things our coaches would tell us to do, and we'd be like, that sounds stupid, but I got to do it. Okay, sure, I'm going to do it. But now it's like you'll hear the kids in the room go, Why are we doing this? And you're like, Shut up, dude. Don't ask. And they're like, Well, I want to know. And you're like, Well, I've always wanted to know, too. <laughs> yeah. <But there's> never, <laughs> I just never asked. Like, I don't, don't want to get the yelled at. Don't yell at me. Yeah. The teams that are doing well are starting to adapt to this culture of why. Okay, well, here's why we're doing what we're doing. Or as you can see, like, there are teams now that don't wear helmets and OTAs. Like, that baffles my mind. Because it's like, wait a minute, you guys aren't even wearing pads. Wait, We had to wear spiders and helmets, and it was full go. And now the kids are like, no, that's stupid. That ended our career. And we are like, yeah, we knew that. We just couldn't say anything. <laughs> I'm confused. When did this happen? When did everybody just get a, get a say in everything? Because we were trying to get a say, but the minute someone said something, they got cut. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: It, the, the, the Y generation, it is, I mean, it's, think about how, if like, you bring up it's Mike Zimmer, you guys, you guys both played for Mike Zimmer, and I covered Mike Zimmer, and, and like, he, it sounds like, from your experiences, he just wants, listen, I know defense. I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. And there, once he got let go, there were complaints, and, like, Eric Kendricks and Brian O'Neill, some of the locker room leaders, came out publicly after he was let go from the Vikings and said, you know, we just kind of want some more collaboration, and Brian O'Neill said, "You just want your coach to look up, make eye contact with you, and say hi in the hallway once in a while, right?" And so they hire the opposite. Okay, Kevin O'Connell's going to come in here, and he's going to hug everyone and tell you, "I love you," and explain. Do you the remember why. my
2: response to that, Phil? When you well, you kind of hated that. I didn't got on Yeah, I did. Like that was my thing because that's how we were, dude. Like There were several times that I went down the hallway that I said hello to the OC and he would snarl or he would spit at you. (laughs) He'd be like, don't even look at me. I remember the last game you played for me and you'd be like, okay, my bad, dude. And now the kids are literally like, I want a handshake and a hello and a hug and hey, what's going on? Right, you come in here, big guy. How you doing today? And I'm like... (laughs) Maybe some of us wanted a little love too. We just didn't get it. Yeah,
1: just All wanted right. a hug. Just wanted a hug back in 2014. Just one hug. Like just a
2: little it.
3: appreciation. Long, long-winded like, answer to tell, basically saying that the culture change is changing across the entire NFL. Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: Okay, one more dumb football question here in the last few minutes for you guys, and we'll we'll do this on a regular basis. So so send your questions in uh, from multiple listeners. Some variation of what happens in the locker room at halftime of an NFL game.
3: Are we winning or losing?
1: Let's say you're losing. You're losing.
3: Well, step one, I finish the rest of my pre-workout. Like, you got to go in and get the little re-up at at halftime. Okay. Um, Get your swole on. Right. But initially, it's like everyone, all the players come in. um, All the players come in, grab a snack, kind of sit down in your respective rooms, and then all the coaches run to the shower and gather. Right? Because all the the guys that are in the booth come running down as fast as they can. They all run in there and gather. And then the halftime adjustments are really about five minutes. Like, you don't have a ton of time. And so the OC will come out, gather everyone up and be like, all right, here's the things we want to get to in the second half. Right. If they line up against this, then we want to check to this. We want to get to these plays or like this was good for us in the second half. We're going to or the first half. Let's keep going through this. This is what was bad in the first half. We're going to X this and add this. Right. And you're constantly talking and then you break for about 30 seconds, get in your positional group and go over any questions there were from that quick five minute install. Right. And then you do it's that. like a
1: twelve minute halftime, right? right? So it's yeah. very,
3: very quick, right? So it's very quick. Are there any questions? Are we good? And then if there's a question you draw it up on the board with quick and then you turn and you go and you're out right away. Right? Like, that's just the way that it goes. It's very, like, very segmented, very quick because you finally get in there and sit down and it's time to get up and go again.
2: And by the time you have a chance to ask your coach a question, he's already sat through 10 minutes of meetings with the OC, the tight end coach, the quarterback coach, the running back coach. They've already been like, hey, listen, this is what's out, this is what's in. So he comes in quickly and he's like, dude, literally. We're gonna call A B now and B's become a C. We're gonna flip power over to Deuce, Ace and Trey. You're like, dude, what is going on? How bad did we guess this week? We guessed that bad? Oh my God. Yeah. The worst is when they're like, we like the front side of this, but we like the back side of this. So we're gonna put it together. And we're gonna to make it work. And you're like, Okay, all right, uh, we will, um, yeah, I mean there's uh, definitely sure. times
3: you come out in the second half and run plays you haven't ran in weeks. And like, see, I feel I feel like like you
1: know, because like fans, we have this expectation that boy you know, halftime adjustments are this, this huge no. thing that, but there's not time for it. No. Right. You can't, it's gotta be on the
3: fly. You can't read game plan an entire half. Like you can't, like it is very much where this is where it comes down into the segment of like, if you've been an established program for a long time or established organization, like you understand that something that was installed in day two of training camp and you haven't ran it for eight weeks, all of a sudden can be live based off the look that we're getting from this XY team in the second half, and you have to be ready to adjust and on the fly to that. You know, those are kind of more the adjustments that come. You can't, you can't remake your entire game plan at halftime. Like, I do think guys get a little, like the commentators specifically, like, oh, these halftime adjustments were just incredible. It's like, no, they just literally tweaked one or two things. Like, yeah. you, you didn't rewrite <laughs> the Bible here in 12 minutes. Like, that's not how this well, works. Well, but
1: then there's also the, and maybe there's some validity to this. It's a, what was said in the locker room at halftime? You guys were down by 10 and then you won the game in the fourth quarter. It was a fourth quarter comeback. What did the coach say at halftime? How many times does the coach say something, specifically say something, that sparks the energy in the room at halftime? Or is that just a fan myth?
2: I mean, I think there are things that they can say that times are, you know, maybe the. I I can tell you the one
3: thing every coach has ever said at halftime when they're losing. I can guarantee you this is the one thing. And anyone who's ever played a competitive sport probably heard the same thing. Fellas, they're not beating us, we're beating ourselves. Yeah. every single time that you were losing <laughs> at halftime that was the line that you got it's nothing they're doing men it's nothing they're doing it's what we're doing to ourselves shooting ourselves in the foot we're a better football team than them every single time no without fail that coach will say that
2: yeah. I would I love, love to know what they said at the Colts halftime that's what <laughs> I want to know well, I mean so- they're, the, see that's what I'm saying there are times where you can go in there and they're like "All right, listen." Back's against the wall. We're throwing the ball. Here we go. We're just going to do what we got to do to win, and we're going to go out there, and we're just going to sling it. And you're like, finally, let's get away from the run game. Let's just do what we got to do. Let's go have some fun. But those are very far and few between. Because like I'm sure Jeremiah said, most of the time they go in there, they're trying to recreate the wheel. And you're like, dude, stop. Unless you're, you know. When you're winning, then it's like, hey, we're going to put the foot on the gas. We're going to stick with this, this, and this. But the worst is when you come in there and there's like 12 plays on the board and they all have X's on them. And you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Someone's pulling out playbook from week five. Oh, here we go. Here By we
1: the way, go. apparently it was Patrick Peterson in the, the, the Vikings historical Colts comeback game you're talking about. Apparently he went in the locker room. I don't know. Maybe the coaches said something too, but he said he, – he starts telling the offense, you get us five touchdowns and we're winning this game. You get us five touch." I mean, obviously – Kirby Puckett used to tell the twins, "Hop on my back, boys!" before every game, and Game Six of the '91 World Series, where he hits the game-winning home run. So maybe Patrick Peterson said that at every halftime. Hey, you get us three touchdowns, we'll win you this game. So my grandpa played for Newt Rockney like a hundred years ago at Notre Dame, and I had another cousin who played in the 1920s for Newt Rockney. And Newt Rockney was legendary for some halftime speeches, and the the most famous one that I was told the story as a kid. Notre Dame was losing to someone that they weren't supposed to at halftime, and uh, it took Newt like five extra minutes to walk into the locker room, and everyone's like, ah, where's Newt, where's Newt, you know, and Newt comes walking in, opens the big double doors, scans the room slowly, says nothing for the first, you know, few seconds, and he goes, fighting Irish, and walks out of the room. <laughs> and they came out, talk you know. About, you know. Talk
2: about a mental that is all fighting mental us, right Fighting
1: there. Irish. Probably yeah. walked out. Makes there. me <sighs> sick. What a joke. And they probably just ran the ball left, run the ball right. Ah oh, yes, yeah, the fighting Irish. Here we go. Against the Navy midshipmen. Here we go. Dude, now. What there's, a name
3: Nuke? There is no secret sauce at halftime. No. There's not. I mean, as much as people want to say there is, there's no secret sauce. There is adjustments you can make that put you into plays that Maybe that one play that you had an adjustment on makes the game-winning touchdown, and that was a great halftime adjustment. But those are the halftime adjustments that happen. It's not this throw-the-game-plan-out-start-over type halftime that sometimes people
2: think it is. Yeah.
1: All right, should we let Jeremiah get to the tee box here? I mean, he's got the top button ready to rock and roll. I We right? yeah, should probably let, let him go this, here.
2: Are you? Do you have the golfing no. club on right now, too? The glove? Do the what? The what? The glove on? Do you have gloves. your golf glove on? Do you have to get These a specially special made glove? Are you like, hey, listen, I need you to take the ring finger out and tilt it to the left a tiny bit. Dude, seriously. <laughs> no, no,
1: we're good. We're fine.
2: Oh, just, Amazing.
1: All right. Well, there's your sure. dumb football question episode of the O-Line Committee. Alex Boone, Jeremiah Searles, Phil Mackey. This is an offensive line lifestyle podcast.